Cindy Stumpo's a general contractor. Look, whatever happens between the roof and the foundation. For 25 years and counting, Stumpo's been building houses and shattering stereotypes. Building a home and building a life. This is my show and this is where we're going. Cindy Stumpo is tough as nails. There's a place in and welcome to City Stumpo, Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm here with my buddy Mike. I'm Mike. Hello, everyone. Okay. And I'm here with my friend and my attorney, Mr. Jeffrey Allen. Thank you for having me. Do, 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 do. My handsome friend that I love, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, we're talking about what? Zoning. Okay. And it's a very important subject. Why? Well, it's, it's one of the exceptions to the law where a city of town tells you what you can do with your own property. So you as an attorney, this is what I love about Jeffrey. Okay. Why don't you, Hey Mike, let everybody know who Jeffrey, who Jeffrey Allen is, please. Jeffrey is from the, from Lawson and Whiteson attorneys at law recognized by the local media as a Brookline citizen of the year and selected as a super lawyer and recognized by Boston magazine. What I love about Jeffrey is when I hired Jeffrey, Jeffrey is fighting for my rights in zoning or any of the boards, the appeals, the special permits. And he's not worrying about the next person that he's got to defend for that next person to get what they want. He is defending me. I am paying him to do his job. And he's not playing politics in that room. That's what sets you aside and apart from everybody else I work with in the Brookline or Newton. Basically Brookline, because I use you for Brookline. Everybody's so concerned the other attorneys, well, after Stumpo, I got to get in front of with, with Goldman. And, I gotta get, and after Goldman, I got to get behind with Bond. And I gotta, you're not in there to make friends. You're in there to, to make the case. And my, that's what you do. You make the case. My only friend is my client. There you go. That's the right answer. But other attorneys aren't like that. They're worrying about keeping the peace and playing the politics. And that's not you. And that's what I love you. I, I do. I love you. I, if you want to play you, the politics, you shouldn't be an attorney because... You have your allegiance is to one person, your client, and their interests. Okay. I want to know something, Jeffrey. What was the original intent of zoning? The original intent of zoning was to make sure that there wasn't overcrowding, that there wasn't uh, too much building. But what's happened is, at any time, when you, when you build a niche to give a municipality, a city or town control or power... People get involved, and that niche keeps widening and widening. When zoning came into effect in, in the early 1920s, it was really designed to regulate density. Then you started regulating, by, to regulate density, you started to regulate setbacks, and you started to regulate height. And then they started regulating density and setbacks and height, and then uh, they started regulating but, design. But that wasn't in 1920, because when I no, started no. building in 33 years ago, if I had a 10,000-square-foot lot, I could build as big of a house as I wanted. Nobody stopped me. That's correct. Okay? As long as I followed my side setbacks, I was good. There was no FAR. There was not even a height restriction. Well, let's stop right there to explain what FAR is. Please floor. do. Please do, because sometimes we have to dumb it down. Go ahead. Right. FAR. Floor area ratio. Bingo. A lot of cities and towns require you to build only as much square footage as, the, uh, as a, a certain ratio to the lot size. But here's the problem. You could live in Newton. I could live in Newton. We could live literally an eighth of a mile apart from each other. And you fall into one S zoning and I fall into another. You could have a small lot than me and you're right next door on the next street. 
and you can build a bigger house than I can, and I've got the bigger lot. That's because cities and towns are built up into, into districts, zoning districts. And when that originally started, it was to prevent, to prevent commercial stores and, and, and the like, retail, from going into residential neighborhoods. But now we've now it's grown to the point where we have different residential neighborhoods. Some with ten thousand square okay, foot I'm lots. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. Twenty thousand square okay. foot lots. If I'm building on Dudley, and I've got a literally, let's say a thirty thousand square foot lot, and I got a ten thousand square foot lot on the next street over on Hartman Road, they literally for their lots have get a much better, better, bigger house than I can on my bigger lot. That's right. And the streets are right next door to each other. Because what happens is the citizens create zoning districts with minimum lot size to protect their investment in their in their, in their district. They want to make sure that only the bigger the lot size, the more expensive the house is going to be. And 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 the more green space it's going to be. So that's why they create bigger lot size. Some communities require 40,000 square foot lots. But in the same community, you can find a street that requires 10,000 square foot lots. And that 10,000 square foot lot will have a larger FAR, so you can build more but, density on a smaller lot. Okay, I hear what you're saying, portion. but what I'm trying to say to you is, if you go, you have, let's use Newton as an example, SR1, SR2, SR3. Do you understand? Yes. If you're an SR1, you're good, right? Yes. SR2, SR3. Eh. So... Why give one street that has big, massive homes on it the lowest FAR and the, small, the house with the small streets the biggest FAR? It's simply because that community has decided that in the bigger lots, they want more open space. And so by limiting the FAR or the density and the lots are bigger, you're going to get more open space and the, and the neighborhood is going to remain more exclusive and Higher end. Okay. That's the bottom line. Okay. Here's my next question to you. When we go to these meetings, people going in for special permits, end users, builders, uh, people that want to renovate, put an addition on their home, they've got to get in front of these boards. Uh, well, you're historical, and then you've got to go to the historical board. There's all these boards now. When I first started. <clears throat> there's a board for this, everything. There's a board for everything. I sometimes feel that these people that sit on these boards, and, and granted they're giving up their time to be there, but they're taking their power to a whole nother level. If a house is historical, let's go with historical, then you need to follow the rules of historical. You can't just decide, well, you know what? Uh, that was built in 1959 and we kind of like the roof line and we're gonna make that historical. You're playing with people's lives out here, especially the elderly, where this is their last big investment before they go off to their next step. They need that house sold. And I just had this in Newton where they literally held her on a year delay and she couldn't move out of the house. And what happened? Just like the family thought, she's gonna fall, she's gonna break a hip there because she needed the money from that house to be able to go to the next place that she was going to an assistant living program. The board didn't care. In, in, a, in, a, in a lot of cases, people's greatest asset and greatest source of savings is the equity in their house. Bingo. And when you go to try to sell it, and you, maybe your house is out of date, maybe your house has not been kept up, and the, maybe the real value is in the land. And if you can't get a demolition permit, because 
the, they found something historical about it, it cuts the value. Because someone who might want to go in and demolish a house and build a new house on that lot they can't, now, now they has hold to it. De- hold it for a year or renovate it. Or, and, and, it, it and now they, in some cities and towns, they've made it so if you get a demolition per- permit, you can't sell it with the house. You right. have to start all over. So what they're basically doing is being an instrument to stop change, to stop evolution. People's house, people's tastes in houses and what they want in a house has changed. Where they want the density, uh, how they design their houses. You do this all the time. People, yep. it, the designs have changed. Uh, I, I was saying They've something to someone the other decades. night, and about say they, I was talking about kitchen finish or something. She's, and someone said to me, "That's old. That's ten years ago." Well, to me, ten years ago isn't so old, but things change, and and. These boards and commissions a lot of times stand in the way of change and stand in the way of people realizing the equity in their house. It makes it more difficult. So the boards are just going to keep growing, right? And we're just losing more control over well, our I properties. I think it's some, some t- t- citizens, you know, when you go in and if you're in a historic commission. Wait, Jeffrey, hold that break. We're okay. go, we have to go to commercial. I'm Cindy Stumpel, and you're listening to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. We'll be right back. Sponsored by National Lumber and Village Bank. Your village, your bank. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. And welcome back to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm Cindy Stumpo, and I'm here with Mike, and I'm here with the lovely Jeffrey Allen. I love him. Jeffrey, go ahead, finish up. Well, I forget what I was saying, but I mean. Oh, we all do that. It's called okay. menopause, menopause, whatever you want to call it. You were talking about, I said, rights are getting taken away. You were going to go from there. Yeah, I think rights have always been taken away in zoning, but they're expanding. This whole new evolution of design review. Oh, that's telling, a pain in my butt. That, that, but the cities and towns and your neighbors are now telling you what the appropriate design of your house is. Every house has to communicate with another house architecturally, supposedly. Yeah, that's not Brookline. Listen, it's I, not I, Brookline. It's not new, but okay. that's what people are doing. Okay, but you know what? It's never like Brookline and Newton. And I use that for an example because that's where I build. There's Victorians. There's Tudors. There's multi-levels. There's, there's raised ranches. There's ranches. There's brick houses, there's stucco houses. They're, they're, all, they're all over the place between Newton and Brookline, right? Right. There's no, like, you go to West Peabody where I grew up when I was 13 and everybody had a center entrance, went up three you know, three steps to the kitchen, three standard, steps down. Standard split level. Exactly. I don't even know what it's called. I never built one. How's that? At the end of the day, every house looked alike. That's not what Newton and Brookline is. And then you get in front of these boards and they're like, oh, Cindy, I don't like that design. <laughs> well, you don't have to like the design. But I have seen people leave crying because they sat there and knocked a person's taste. Like, you're knocking Mr. and Mrs. Jones's taste. That's what they want. Why do you care? Knock Mr. and Mrs. Jones's taste. I've seen and you've seen architects get their heart ripped out because the board didn't like their drawings or didn't like their windows. <laughs> you got to be thick-skinned Six to go over in. six as opposed to 12, 12 over 12. 12. I mean, So he's talking about window grills, okay? The, the crazy part is... I notice when I go through the boards, the first time I never get approved, but the next time or by the third time I do. And guess what? It just cost me all that extra money with attorneys and all that extra money in carrying costs. For what? I got the approval. So what's the gain? The gain is that they feel that they've put their stamp on your design. 
that they've and you fight back more than most developers. A lot sure, of developers, think? yeah, I think uh, most <laughs> developers just a, just a say, "You think like just a little bit." Wh whatever you want, just let me get my shovel in the ground. You, yes. you say, "No, no, it's going to be my way." Because I'm not just going to settle for any design. Well, no, you're, I'm, I'm complimenting you, but the issue is that this is a costly, and it's we're not talking about big companies. We're talking about people building houses or developers, but even individuals come in and want to add a porch or want to add a terrace or something like that. They've got to now pay a lawyer. Yep. They've got to now pay an architect. Sometimes right. they have to pay a land surveyor. I have a case now where they want, you know, a, a drainage survey. For, they want they want a, a soil survey. They want to know the, the, the height of every wall because uh, it's a, you know, uh, it, it's... They make the process more expensive for the homeowner than it has to be, and they and they often interfere with design. Well, look at we just had a new one that took place in in Brookline. I don't know about two years ago, not even. And of course, I got to be like the the first six houses to be in front of the board, and <laughs> another stumpo, another stumpo. What's this? If you pour foundation over six feet, you got to go in for a special permit because they don't want you to finish your basements. What do you care? The basement's underground. Well, what let's, let's do you talk, care about let, the attic and the basement? That, that is a very good point. It, it is somehow been determined that it's a very dangerous thing if you have a basement where your children could play ping pong or if you have a basement where you might put a uh, exercise bicycle. <laughs> they they want to outlaw basements. That's they, crazy. It is. It, it is crazy. As long and as how it, does it, and let me explain something, people. Family, as long home, as this safe. A, hold on. As long as there's a means of egress right. and the children can get out of the basement if there's a fire, you can get out of the basement if there's a fire upstairs. What's the problem? Why should basements ever count? This is where FAR is a fallacy, in my view. If you want to legislate density, just simply decide the size of the box. Simply decide the setbacks, front, rear, and side, and the height. You, you need to decide nothing else. That alone will control density. That is simple. But the way they, my general rule, and this is not the rule of zoning, is if you're allowed to build it, you should be allowed to use it. And, and in Brookline, sometimes you have basements you're not allowed to use. So what is the building inspector going to do? Look in your windows to see if there's a ping pong table down there? Or what about the attics you're not such, supposed to use? Ah, the kids were ha playing up in the attic. Well, no, they're making you about now pull, pull downstairs. They won't right. even let you have are, your are there, luggage. Are there any state rules that overlook all this stuff, or is it all strictly by town? Well, it's, 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 all the, by state town. Gives, it's the state has what's called enabling legislation, which the towns are, it gives the towns the right to to enact zoning, and it has some restrictions, but not many. Um, and what happened is, you know, we're talking about a housing crisis, and, and Charlie Baker has a bill, now the governor, right. has a bill to that would relax zoning so that we could build more multifamily, we could build more housing without uh, all of the uh, restrictions we have now, but that hasn't gone anywhere quickly. Welcome to Massachusetts. Everybody wants more housing. Everybody wants more leeway, but not in their backyard. You know what, Jeffrey? You're going down that road, so I'm going to go down this road. Hold on. What is this article that I'm reading? On 118.20, rent control brought big crowds to the State House this week as the Joint Committee of Housing considers two bills that would allow cities and towns to bring it back.
Now, Brookline was once rent control. One and my, by the way, very wealthy people were living in rent control back then, okay? Well, one of my great accomplishments in life is I was a selectman in Brookline for nine years. Okay. And I was instrumental with others in eliminating rent control. Rent, rent control is a policy that serves no useful purpose. It provides affordable housing to people that may not need affordable housing. Like affordable I, housing like I just is a said, justifiable... There were a lot of rich right. people living in, in Brookline when I was growing up in rent control, like right. Sorrells from Sorrells, okay? Right, if you want... If that's you how want, they become rich. In this beautiful brownstone, she's paying like $200 a month. It's crazy. That, that, that's if, how you become rich. If you want to provide a benefit... But Cambridge is trying to pull this. Right, but if you want to provide a benefit, then make sure the people you're providing the benefit to... Benefit from it. Need it. Need it, but... Because rent control, what it does is it shifts the tax burden. It shifts the tax burden to fi- single-family homeowners, and they will pay, as a result of rent control, a greater proportion of the real estate tra- tax. Real estate taxes are based on what a property is worth. Single-family homes, they do a market study and they assess them. But when you get to apartment buildings, they assess those buildings based on the income they produce. Do you think rent control will come back to Cambridge? Do you think rent control will come back to Brookline, maybe? Because it seems like Brookline does everything Cambridge does, then Newton does everything that Brookline does, and then they all get together, they all start doing each other. I don't know what to tell you, but it is what it is. I, I, Do you think you'll see that? I'm afraid you'll, I think you'll see it in Boston first. Well, it was always in Boston, Cambridge, and Brookline. Right, and I think then Cambridge will follow, and then I think it will open up a debate in, in Brookline. And what will the result from that? You, you will have more, you will have less rental units. The more people talk about rent control, the quicker people are going to take their rental units and convert them to condos. So what you actually do creates less affordable housing by instituting rent control. Nobody's going to, if they have rent control... Nobody's going to build rental units. Why right. would you build you rental units? You can't afford to. And and you talk about bureaucracy. You don't know what it took to get rent rent increases. It wasn't easy like the cost of living or the co- the actual cost of operating the property. R- rent control was a disaster, was eliminated and replaced by some good affordable housing programs that actually benefited people. Uh, but if it comes back, it's going to come back because it's a great political rallying point. And we'll go back in front of zoning, selectmen. We'll make that no, decision. They create a whole new bureaucracy, the rent control department. Oh, and, then, and then there's another board. Another board. And they decide how much <laughs> rent you can charge. Guys, you don't understand. You, don't, you have no idea. When I'm building a house, I spend a year going through board after board after board. I must have to go through, what, now six boards before I get an approval? Oh, yes. Landscape. And, but it's, oh, it's, oh, what yeah, what kind that. of plant you're going to put in front oh, of the house? It's yeah, not 2 o'clock in plan. the afternoon either. It's, it's at 1130 at night arguing about what color no, what, what color we, trim you're going to have. Jeffrey and I have gotten to some of those meetings at 7 o'clock and we don't get called up till quarter 12. Or, or they'll pull this like at 1115. Yeah, we're getting tied up here. You've got to come back to the next one. What do you mean i got to come back to the next one? I just sat here for four hours. No, no, you're going to hear my, you're going to hear me, you're going to hear me out. And Jeffrey's like, uh, they're not going to hear us tonight. I'm like, no, they can't do that. They can't meet us for another month or two because somebody else is on the agenda. It, the, the, the crap that we have to deal with is, is, it's insanity. It really is insanity. Jeffrey, your job's insane. It is. What happens if there's a civil action in the Superior Court or Land Court? And we're running the clock. So when we come back, I want you to answer that question. 
I'm Cindy Stumble, and you listen to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. Sponsored by Pella Windows of Woburn. There's always a convenient way to let Pella into your home. And Smoller Insurance, servicing the greater Boston area since 1952. And welcome back to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm Cindy Stumpo here with. Mike and my buddy Jeffrey Allen. Jeffrey, I just asked you a question. What happens if there is a civil action in Superior Court? Well, let's, court? let's say you wanted to build an addition to your house, and you go to the town, and you get approved. You go through the whole process. The zoning board gives you approval, and now you think you're ready to build. But there's a 20-day appeal period from that approval. And any neighbor, any abutter or an abutter to an abutter can bring a lawsuit in the Superior Court or the land court, except Boston's a little different, but let's stay out of Boston, and challenge your right and say the Zoning Board of Appeal was wrong. Wait, did that just happen to me? And so, <laughs> yes. And okay. it's, it's a real lawsuit, and it can take 12 and to 16 months to no resolve. No disrespect. Jeffrey kicked butt on that one. Okay. Let's just say how it is, Jeffrey. Yeah. I'm going to give you a thumbs up for that one. And, but you, you have, and you can end up having a trial. We didn't and, do that. No, because Cindy caved at the last minute. I gave them what they wanted. You want me to change the design? I'll change the design. Jeffrey's like, give them nothing. I'm like, no, let's just end this already, okay? So it's a long, expensive process. you got to have a lawyer. Very expensive. As, as it should be. At long, <laughs> <laughs> long drawn-out process. It's, you know, discovery like a normal lawsuit. Guys, the judge came out and looked at the houses. like, And, and the funny part about mine was that the appealing attorney said... Um, that there's no big houses in this area. <laughs> the judge came out and sees uh, Henry, Henry, John, Henry's, John house. Henry's house that's 40,000 square feet. The judge F- went, 56, yeah, okay. Oh, I'm sorry, 56,000 square feet. Yeah, there's little houses in here. God, but, that was too funny. So it's a real lawsuit. It can take 16 to 24 months. It can cost you anywhere from 20 to 60, 70,000 in legal fees. So it, your neighbors can do that. And and, it, and it's difficult to defend. But in the end, if you and have a special permit. Past, hold on. You start going past 60, 70, 80, 90,000 when you stop the bleeding. Right. Do you just say, I fold and I can't fight these people because they've got too much money because they all get together, right? Usually they're funded. And sometimes they do it on their own. Or I had I was in Lancourt today and it's, it's I'll win, but it's my worst. I, I got a pro se plaintiff. Which means? He's defending himself. Oh, great. Right. He's got, he has little knowledge, and which is dangerous. But we'll win that one, but it's, it's, it's time consuming. It's cost your client money. Yeah. Okay. Appeals by neighbors to grant of relief. Well, that's what I'm and talking right. about. Yeah. But, but just let's stop for a second. When you go, it's important in zoning. When you, if you want to do something that, that isn't allowed as of right. So, Jeffrey, nothing's allowed as, as of right. right anymore. There's two vehicles you can get for relief, a special permit or a variance, and they're very difficult, they're very different, I'm sorry. A special permit, let's say the bylaw says you can be 10 feet, you have to be 10 feet back from the lot line. But with the position, permission of the Zoning Board of Appeals, you could reduce that to four feet by special permit. So a special permit is something that's authorized by the zoning bylaw, and the Board of Appeals can do it in their discretion. 
So it specifically grants the Board of Appeals the power to change some provision of the bylaw uh, in their discretion. That's a special permit. A variance yeah. is something that's not allowed by the zoning board uh, by the zoning bylaw, and is outside of the uh, bylaw. And the board of appeals can only allow a variance based on topography, size of the uh, size or shape of the lot of the building, or soil conditions, and that has to relate create a hardship on the owner. So that that is a more stringent criteria than a uh, special permit. What's, what's an example of a well, hold hardship? On. I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you something. There well, was a woman that called me on Beacon Street in Newton three years ago. And I called Vern. I said, Vern, can we get two lots out of this? His answer was absolutely Vern no Vern is way. a surveyor. Vern is a surveyor, okay? So don't listen to your surveyor because obviously she got the two lots by the way she called me. Anyways, the point was absolutely no way she's 10 feet short of, of her being able to have the frontage for the two lots. She got the two lots. She went on a hardship, whatever she did. There are many reasons for hardships, you know. But well, let's say you have a ledge, and it's going to cost you $60,000 to blast it in order to honor your front setback. That's a soil Hold condition. on. My point was don't always listen to your civil engineer. Call your attorney. That's my point. Okay? Go ahead. Variances can be granted, but they're harder to get, and they're harder to defend in court. But there are certainly cases when variances are, uh, are warranted, and that's why the general laws of the Commonwealth provide for them. Because you never know. You, the soil conditions, the shape. You may have a try, and the, 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 the variance has to be based on a condition that is not generally found in that zoning district. So your lot has to be unique. So if I have my house, my standard colonial house on my lot in Newton, and I want to put a garage on the side, and the only way to fit a garage is to be eight feet back from the property line instead of 10 feet back. Am I going for a special permit or a variance? The, the, it, it, in Newton and Brookline, you could go for a special permit because that the, the, those zoning bylaws allow the permit granting authority the right to modify setbacks. But a neighbor still has to be notified about oh, that. Absolutely. All neighbors. All neighbors. All abutting neighbors. They can all abutters and abutters to abutters. I have and been. people within. Jeffrey, I've been in meetings, okay, and you've been there. I've been there. We, Which I've never seen. All these neighbors came out to support this couple because the way they had to back out their driveway with their children, how they haven't got literally smashed out of their garage. So they just want to move the garage behind. They had the whole neighborhood support, every neighbor, and they still got shut down. And the answer for the board said was, you live in one amazing neighborhood because it's so unusual that every neighbor came out to support them, they still got turned down. Right, but neighborhood opposition. I don't know if they even listen to the neighbors. They do. Neighborhood opposition okay. can, can kill you. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes you find individuals that, will do the right thing e even in the spite of the neighborhood on zoning boards or of appeals. But a lot of times the neighborhood can influence it. And it's often who makes up the board. Like a lot of these- I'll tell you who makes up the board. A bunch of people that were beaten up in junior high school and bullied and picked on in high school. Not all now they're out them. to get everybody back. No, <laughs> yes, some, of them. some of them. Some of them, come on, a lot of them. 
They get a little power, they, and then they take it to another level. I'm sorry, that's just my and some, opinion. And some of them have their own design views that they want. Look, I, I get in front of these boards. They give me dirty looks. Like, literally, before it starts, they're like, <laughs> like, what are you giving me a dirty look for? This is what I do. Like, this is nothing personal, hon. It's not you and me. You know, you're sitting on the side of the desk over there. We're not, in, we're, we're not, you're not my enemy here. I've got to come see you. You might not like me as I'm pulling on Jeffrey's shoulder or his jacket. <laughs> speak, speak, speak. You know, but the other thing is they shut you down. They don't let you talk. They don't let you talk. And they're not going to let me talk. I'm a builder. But the end user wants to talk. Listen to the end user. They don't care. But meanwhile, how about all the extra money I'm creating in taxes by taking houses down that they're getting 20000 and now they're getting eighty, ninety thousand. 90000 What happens? Does it mean? They don't. One of the real problems in municipal government is normally people in, sitting on these boards and commissions do not connect their decisions to the revenue they create. They're all fighting with each other. You ever go right. to sit in front of these boards? You, you feel like you're in a bipolar, you're at McLean's because all of a sudden you're leaning left and everybody's going your way. And all of a sudden you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody says something and everybody goes to the right and then they hate you and you're, they're not going to go with you. And then somebody says something and you're going back to the left. You've never seen this type of lunacy unless you're in this business but to an end user up there, they don't know what's coming at them. I feel the right hooks and the left you hooks. Could, you could find, spend hours defending a tree cutting plan when half the trees are already dead, dead. in the fall. <laughs> I mean, you can have an arborist standing there and saying, these trees are unhealthy. They're actually dangerous. They're going to fall sometime soon. And they'll question, well, why do they have to be cut? Or why do you have to clear the... <laughs> and you come in with your whole new landscaping plan... Okay, and sometimes you you do some zoning work. I had one recently on Beacon Street. The building was in a total state of disrepair and was ugly. And I had a client that wanted to come in and restore it to its original beautiful state. They should have thanked them. They should have given them an award during the first meeting. We went through six months of review with the preservation commission, the zoning board. The preservation wanted one thing. The zoning board wanted another. So. It, it, being right and being doing the good thing doesn't always speed the process. Okay, so basically, before we go off to break, let's just stop building it in, in high-end communities and let, let it all watch it fall apart, because it will in 10 years. I'm Cindy Stumpo, and you listen to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030, and we will be right back. Sponsored by New Brook Realty Group, Kennedy Carpet, Next Day Molding, Millennium Marble, Aquarelle Painting, and World Auto. Welcome back to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. Every kind of people. Yeah, that's what we deal with every day. I'm Cindy, Mike, and Jeffrey Allen. I just was saying to you, if we went 10 years without working, redeveloping, let Newton, let Brookline, let Needham, Wellesley, Weston, wherever you are, what's going to happen 10 to 15 years? Your tax base, your values are going to erode, and, your ta- and thereby by your tax base is going to erode. Re- revitalizing your housing stock is revitalizing your tax structure. Okay, so they want to stop this. What do they got to gain by doing all this? People will always, what I've found in the zoning business is people never, ever embrace change. Two years after you build it, they'll say, what was the big deal? People look at, you know. So what's their argument while you're fighting for this? Well, we don't, it's going to bring more congestion. No, no, stay stay with a single family. 
Let's just stay with what I do. Stay with a single family okay. on Heath Street, single tree, cabin, where I, where I built, the Brookline area, uh, the Brookline Country Club area. The, the houses there now are just fine. There's no need to change it. There's no re- reason to go in there. They don't want the construction. They don't want the dirt, they, even though there isn't any. And, and they just don't, people like the status quo. They like the people that are living there, the type of people living there. They Times don't want changing. to see, they don't want a change. People want what's there. And what important point I want to bring up is, if you want to do a remodel to your house, or you want to do, uh, add a bathroom or add a porch, what you don't know is you've got to protect yourself because no one protects you. For instance, if you come up with plans to do an addition to your house and you go into the building commissioner and the building commissioner looks at him, he says, this is fine, you need no zoning relief, zoning relief, you, you comply with zoning. And he gives you a building permit. And let's say you build it. Guess what? If it didn't comply with zoning, if the building commissioner was wrong, he's not or she's not on the hook. You are. And someone, if you build something that doesn't comply with zoning... Somebody can go after you, you for six t- wait, years. Even you though t- they signed the piece on, of paper. Hold on, What yes. Jeffrey's talking about right now is is enforcement actions. Right. Correct? Section six. Section six. Okay, start over on that one. Go because ahead. if a neighbor thinks that you've done something, someone with standing, a nabutter or a nabutter or a nabutter, thinks you've done something that doesn't comply with zoning, maybe your height's off a little bit. Maybe This is after it, the house is built, he's telling you. It could be after people. the house after or the while it's being or built or anything. Whatever kind. you did, it's right. done. Right. You got the building and he, permit. And he did Hold it on. under permit. Let me just, you got your building permit. You then got signed off from your building inspection. Your inspector came out. You got your CO, right? Now, it could be six years later. What can happen? Well, five years. Within okay. the six years. Okay, five years later. Bring what's called an enforcement action. Asking the building Who's commission. Who's any abutter or an abutter door, but anybody who has standing under the zoning So just law. let's hypothetically say, I don't like you. You're my new neighbor. And I and want to torture you. You can bring an enforcement action and claim I didn't I didn't comply with zoning. And I could do that by taking your plans and researching your plans till I'm blue in the face. And finding someone. Find know, out you're three inches over the property line or whatever. Right. No, Something. no, you could be three inches over your FAI. I don't know what doesn't matter. Right, you could be, have too much FAI. You could have too what much What happens height. at that point? You ask the building commissioner to, to enforce the zoning bylaw. The, that building commissioner or the subsequent one might say, I'm not going to do it. I think the House complies. Then you go to court on an enforcement action and ask the court to rule that that new addition or something be torn down because it doesn't comply with zoning. Okay. Torn down or made to 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 comply. comply. However you have to do made to comply. Jeffrey, in your career, how many times have you seen them knock down, make make a client knock down a house or knock part of the addition off? Oh, Brookline had a house that was torn down. We did. On Spooner Road. Yeah. Whole house was torn down? Whole house. Well, it was. Be, it, this was while it was being built, but it was near completion. The exterior was done. And the court determined that the, the house had, was too large for the lot in order to torn down. It went to the Supreme Court of Massachusetts twice, and finally it was ordered to be torn down, and it was. And there was, I believe there's a... Did, wait, did it they did, catch on fire or something? They did catch on fire. But it wasn't yeah, insured. Was it, it wasn't insured. So the, no well, one, if you're ordered to tear something down, it has no insurable value. So, And I believe there's a house in a North Shore community that is about to be torn down for noncompliance with zoning. Oh, is this up in, like, I heard about this, Marblehead, or way up on the water somewhere? It is, yes. I I, I don't know the specifics, well, but I've I know it's this. another... Yeah. Because uh, some lawyer reached out to me, and I know that happened. That happened down in Dartmouth. I know the right. person who built a 
20,000 square foot house on the water, and they did all this million dollars or whatever worth of stonework around the house where they weren't supposed to. It encroached on something to do with birds, uh, something. Yeah, well, all those And he spent like a million dollars fixing the whole issue. Right. So just because you get the building permit. Don't think you're so safe. Right. You still should in, invest in an, your own architect making sure you comply with zoning. Make sure the architect signs off that you comply with zoning. Then you have somebody on the hook. So building inspector's signature is worth nothing. Worth nothing. Yeah, but that, but, but. I mean, it's not worth right. nothing, but if there's a problem, you ain't getting it from the building. But Jeffrey, right. remember, after you build something, we have what they call as-builds, right? The foundation was built as, you know, as you have the foundation, as an as-built. Engineer comes Engineer out. Engineer comes out, absolutely. You build the house, as-built, yep, okay. So now there's all these people to sue. I got the as-built, you're telling me the as-built's wrong, right? You're gonna, you're gonna argue my civil, my architect. If they could prove it, I guess. There was a case in Brookline that went on for a long time where a, multi, a million dollar condominiums individually, big building, I think it has about 20 condominiums in it, uh, where one of the neighbors after it was constructed said that the foundation was uh, 30 feet too close to the property line as, uh, as uh, set forth in the zoning decision. And it became a big enforcement action. And what happened? That case was settled by the developer basically building alongside his property Sherwood Forest. About 100 <laughs> trees, big trees they brought out, big fully grown trees. So they trees. made an example. Right. And it, it was a settlement. But yeah, well, that's what that's zoning what enforcement actions are uh, not that prevalent, but when they hit... They hit like a, a tornado. They can cost you a lot of money and uh, the most most headache in the whole zoning. Would sphere. you have? Would you say what's the hardest if a, if a client, an end user, buys a house, are there some cities and towns that are easier than others that are welcoming, welcoming, welcoming development? Well, that changes in town. I mean, like it, I'm sure if you go to Worcester, yeah, the further, they right, want the development. further you get outside the city to these little towns. For look at, look 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, Needham was a very welcoming, they worked with developers. Now it's a hot community, so it isn't as easy to work with. Okay. Um, and my father used to tell me, Revere and Chelsea are never going to come back, right? And they, they, they were never ever, anything ever great. You can't even rent in Revere and Chelsea right now. You can't even buy in right. Revere and Chelsea right now. Down the Pines houses are worth over a million plus dollars more on the water. I wish I had my grandmother's house. Me back. too. <laughs> I wish I did too on Rice Ave. Here we go. I wish I did too. I mean, but these areas now, these kids are going out that way because they can't afford Boston. Right. Right? So that mirrors what was getting, I mean, he was getting like pummeled the last like 12 months because he was pro-development and bring it in and bring it in and bring it in. And the residents were getting crazy and he didn't care. But you see what's and happening? Again. In, right. Newton has trying to develop in, in, in the areas that need development. And it's become a massive issue there. And in fact, I think they're having a referendum in early March or late February on a, a, a trying to uh, overturn a decision of their permit granting authority. Who is? Uh, uh, in Newton. What are they trying to do? Uh, in Newton, there's a, uh, a way that the citizens can petition in Newton, as you know, the city uh, city council has a... The alderman? Alderman. Let me tell you something. McGrath, Silvucci, all the old-time guys I started with 33 years ago, Lipoff, all of them, they'd be rolling right now 
seeing what these aldermen are doing in New They're, again, a bunch of loony birds, too. The Not old, all yeah, well, you know what? The older aldermen back in the day were called the old boys club. They all helped each other. It was a different world back then, 33 years ago. They believed in development. They were normal men with normal minds. What do you want me to tell you? Deve- what, development's not oh. bad in areas that need development. And we cry that we need housing, and then we don't like it when we take areas that are underutilized like, and utilize them. And uh, there's a, I'm not familiar with it, but there's a big project going ahead in Newton that was approved by the alderman, and now the residents are uh, having a referendum on it. Oh, great. So everybody's got too much of an opinion. That's the problem. Before we go off to break, one fast question. Is it going to get harder and harder to build and for end users to add on real fast? Is that a yes or no? Yes. It's going to get harder. I'm Cindy Stomper, and you're listening to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. We'll be right back. Want to join the conversation with Cindy and her guests? Text or call 617-909-6868. That's 617-909-6868. And I'm Cindy Stomper, and you're listening to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio with Michael and Jeffrey. Jeffrey, tell my listeners, if they want to do something, why should they hire Jeffrey Allen? How do they reach Jeffrey Allen? They simply call me at my law firm, Lawson & Whiteson, 617-439-4990. Why does everybody go so fast? 617-439-4990 or our website, www.lawson-whiteson.com. But you which, need, we, which we put up on our Tough as Nails website, okay? okay? But you, you just need Google a Jeffrey Allen. You, you need, need go ahead. You, you need an al- you, need, you need you need a lawyer because and it's, you're protecting your most important investment, your house. Your biggest investment. Your biggest investment and, and most important. So that's your most important investment. I would agree. Call Jeffrey Allen or always be represented by an attorney. Everybody have a great safe weekend, and we'll see you next weekend. And thank you, Jeffrey, for coming in. Thank you.